Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode six of the 2024 podcast series, where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft. And I'll tell you what, week zero of the college football season is this weekend. We've got seven games on the slate. We're also taking a look at it at the conference breakdowns. We've taken a look at the SEC, both the Big Ten and Big 12, along with the ACC. And now, really, Episode 6 is going to be dedicated to the Pac-12. The Conference of Champions, really the last year of of its existence as we know it. We really don't know what's going to happen with the remaining teams within the Pac-12. We know that USC, UCLA are going to be moving on to the Big Ten. Then you have... uh, Oregon and Washington following suit. So you'll have four teams making its way over to the Big Ten. And then Arizona schools, both U of A, ASU, then Utah and Colorado, all moving to the Big 12, which means Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State, really going to have to figure out where their futures will lie for 2024. But this podcast is really all about that, that swan song, if you will, with the Pac-12 Conference. And I'll tell you what, this is a year that's really exciting. There are a lot of teams with a lot of talented players. And really, I think this may be the quarterback conference this year. Virtually every team has a draft-eligible quarterback that we will be talking about. So we're going to go ahead and dive straight into the Pac-12. And then we're also going to take a look at each of the matchups for week zero of the college football season. So let's jump right into things. And I think the first team that everyone has to be talking about is USC. Came within a game, that Utah Pac-12 championship, of actually making it to the college football playoff. And then we know what happened in the in the Cotton Bowl Classic, uh, the 46-45 comeback victory by the uh, Tulane Green Wave. And really, when you're talking about USC, uh, you have to really start the conversation with Caleb Williams, the Heisman Trophy winner, 6'1", 218 pounds. This was a guy that uh, you know transferred in from Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, and you know over 66% completion percentage, uh, you know 4,537 yards, 42 touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, also had 382 yards and 10 touchdowns on the ground. And this is a guy when you watch him play, he just he exudes that that confidence. And the playmaking ability is just rare. When you watch him, you watch his ability to to survey the field, locate his guys. Really, you know the athleticism and his ability to manipulate the pocket to buy time and, and continue to extend plays. And then the arm talent, his ability to fit throws into tight windows, uh, his ability to throw the football down the field. Really, if there's a quarterback that's as close coming out as Patrick Mahomes, it would be Caleb Williams. You know, when I when I talked about Patrick Mahomes, um, when he was coming out at, at a Texas Tech, he was one of those guys that whether he was moving left, moving to his right, coming forward, you know, backpedaling, you you always knew that he was going to throw it with velocity, and he was looking to make a play. And that was the same thing with Caleb Williams. This was a guy against Utah on one leg because he had the hamstring injury, moving to his right, was able to throw essentially off of his back foot and throw the football a good 40 plus yards down the field to a wide open Mario Williams. And just the, the playmaking ability is, is off the charts, the vision, and really he does a great job of even getting down and avoiding contact. Um, you know, the, the arm strength, like I said, is, is absolutely there. Uh, the ability to make those throws on the run and really not lose any velocity uh, is, is tremendous. His completion percentage on the move when plays break down 
um, you know, is is incredible. I think if there's anything, Caleb Williams actually can get better. And that's a scary proposition for opponents. But when you look at, at what Caleb Williams does, those layered throws over the linebacker in front of the safety, especially outside the numbers, that's where he struggled. Throwing the ball within the pocket, outside the numbers, down the field, you'd see him sail a lot of those throws, the inaccuracy there on those, on those footballs. If he were to break contain and actually get outside the pocket, the play breaks down, extending the play, that's where he's at his best. But within the pocket, that's where you have to prove that you can get the job done. And I think that's still where Caleb Williams needs to have some of that development. Uh, you know, I, I think he always uh, focuses on the big play. He doesn't always take what the defense gives him. He'll have guys underneath that are open, and all he needs to do is check that football down, and they'll get a first down. They'll be able to extend drives. But what Caleb Williams was doing was he was looking for that big play. Sometimes he wouldn't even come off of his primary receiver. He's looking for the guys down the field. Um, you know, but to his credit, I, I think he does go through his progressions. I think he does. You know, there are a lot of times where receivers just weren't getting open, and, and so obviously at that point he's got to create. He's got to try to extend the play as much as he can before he even pulls it to run. This is a guy for all the movement that he was able to pull off and the ability to just avoid, you know, duck dive. You know, the, the incredible contact balance for this guy, and then still be able to locate a target, fire a strike. It was uncanny what this guy was able to do. I look at Caleb Williams. I see him as the first overall pick. I mean, I think if everyone had to do it all over again, Patrick Mahomes would be the first quarterback taken in that draft, not Mitchell Trubisky. But, you know, that's really what I what I see with Caleb Williams. He just needs to continue to, to harness that. I think this is a guy, what he also does off the field is, is unreal. The Heisman Trophy, he wanted to make sure that if he was going to New York all of his offensive linemen were going with him. This was a guy that bought into that, that Trojan family and the, the Beats headphones. Yes, he had the NIL deal, but that was something that he wanted to share with everyone. So not only did his teammates receive the Beats headphones, but anytime, whether it was the basketball team, uh, you know, both men's and women's, or, or any of the other programs that were, were going on to the NCAAs, really as a, as a good luck gift, they would get something from him beats headphones what have you but this guy also the charitable work caleb cares foundation is is a tremendous uh, organization really focused on the underprivileged children and I, I just i love all the work that he does and people think that it's just lip service but this this is a guy that truly believes in that cause and that you know he can really make a difference and so that's really what's impressive is he is so mature beyond his years i think what he does off the field coupled with what he does on the field makes him a guy that look any organization is going to want him uh on their on their team you know I, i'm wondering if the rams are tanking for caleb it kind of feels that way a little bit i think arizona might be in the mix as well depending on you know how, how kyler murray plays in 2023 um, but Caleb Williams is not the only guy there at USC that's going to be draft eligible that we should be talking about um, when you look at the receiver position they bring in a guy like Dorian Singer um, to really take the place of Jordan Addison six foot 180 pounds the junior and it wasn't Jordan Addison who was the top Pac-12 um, receiver it was actually Dorian Singer and that's the thing, you know, I think he's going to be a big play guy, going to be a weapon out on the outside, excellent hands, the body control, over 1,100 yards through the air, 16.7 uh, yards per reception, six touchdowns. He's probably going to be that go-to target, but 
Caleb Williams has a lot of weapons. He's got uh, Super Mario Williams out there, 5'9", 185 pounds. The junior really burst onto the scene there at Oklahoma. Um, I, I thought last year he was a guy that, you know, Caleb Williams was looking to find guys to get the football to, and there were stretches where Mario Williams kind of disappeared. I think he needs to really emerge as one of those top weapons uh, for Williams. Brendan Rice, the son of the GOAT, Jerry, uh, 6'3", 205, a senior. This was a guy who I thought struggled to, uh, you know, with concentration drops, really struggled to bring the ball in on a consistent basis. But down the stretch at, towards the end of the season, this was a guy that you really saw start to step up, elevate his game. And I, I think he's a guy that actually has a shot now. Um, you know, he was a guy that for a while we really weren't sure what we were going to see out of him. And I'm really been impressed with what he was able to do towards the end of the year. Another guy, really, he's kind of splitting time with Kyron Ware Hudson. He's 6'2", 215. He's kind of the breakout star, if you will, from uh, spring ball and really fall camp as well. Only 15 catches the, uh, this past season. But a guy that, like I said, you know, he's kind of a... Um, on the depth chart, it's either Brendan Rice or Kyron Ware-Hudson. Going to be a redshirt sophomore. So he, so he may very well decide to come back. But a guy that with a big year, who knows what can happen You know, when you're talking about receivers there at USC. Taj Washington, a slot receiver, a guy that, look, he uh, burst onto the scene after some, some playing time there at Memphis where he looked really good, was one of their standout receivers, decides to transfer to USC. And then last year he struggled with some, some drops as well. But I think towards the end of the season, he was another guy that really stepped up big in Jordan Addison's absence. So a lot of receivers to throw to. And I didn't even name off the fact that they've also got you know, Zachariah Branch. They've got Deuce Robinson, the tight end slash receiver. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, Makai Lemon, Jacoby Lane, a lot of these freshmen. And so it's going to be interesting to see exactly how Lincoln Riley spreads the football around. I think Caleb Williams is also going to benefit from the fact that Cliff Kingsbury is there as uh, an offensive coach, a guy that's really going to be able to uh, develop Caleb Williams that much more, a guy that's seen you know, from Kyler Murray to Patrick Mahomes. He's seen a lot of these guys and been able to help them with their development. So I, I, I think having him in that quarterback room along with Lincoln Riley is going to go a long way um, you know, for Caleb Williams, but also for this offense. And then when you look at this offensive line, this is an interesting group. Jonah Monheim, uh, 6'5", 295, the junior, played right tackle a season ago. Um, they thought maybe he'd move inside to guard, but he's actually going to be their left tackle. And not only did he not give up a sack the entire year a season ago, two of the transfers that they brought in, in through the transfer portal also haven't given up a sack. Now there's Jarrett Kingston, uh, formerly of Washington State, he's 6'4", 300, uh, a, a little, you know, lacks ideal length, which is why he's going to be playing right guard. And then Michael Tarquin, uh, coming from uh, from Florida, a guy that could play left or right tackle. He'll be the right tackle, though, 6'5", 310 pounds. Those are two guys that are, are definitely draft eligible. And, uh, you know, when I look at this group, uh, really a lot of veterans. I think they're really going to hold up for Caleb Williams. And then uh, Justin Dietich is kind of their emotional leader, uh, 6'2", 205 there at center, a, a guy that can play both center and guard as well. Um, but you look at the offensive line, they're going to be blocking for a couple of running backs as well. They love Lincoln Riley and his offense, loves that guard tackle pull on those counter plays. And uh, one of the guys that they're going to have in there is Austin Jones. Now, Austin Jones is a guy, he's not going to be someone who's going to be flashy. You know, kind of like Travis Dye, even before the knee injury, you know, a priority free agent there with the Jets. 
Austin Jones, I don't think, is going to get drafted, but he's a guy that has done everything that the Trojans have asked him to, to do. Um, over 1,800 yards in his career, but 92 receptions as well. Phenomenal pass catcher. Uh, really the biggest thing that he needs to work on is uh, as, as a pass blocker. But when Travis Dye went down to injury, Austin Jones was there, stepped up. You know, his playing time had kind of been reduced, but he stepped up in a huge way. I think this is a guy that could be a, a big leader for any team, and I, I think he'll at least get a shot with the program um, you know, at the next level. Be interesting to see if he can find a work his way into a, a practice squad. Uh, but Marshawn Lloyd, I think, is the guy that we're going to be talking about as, as a uh, potential pro prospect. I've got him. Uh, in my top 10 at the running back spot, 5'9", 215 pounds, a bit of a bowling ball between the tackles, excellent contact balance. He's going to run through you a little bit, has speed on the outside, played in only nine games a season ago, uh, 573 yards, 18 receptions as well, a guy that can catch the football out of the backfield, can be that that weapon, better pass protector than, than Austin Jones as well. Um, so that offensive line will be blocking for Caleb Williams. I think they're going to be a lot more physical in the, in the running game as well. So this offense is primed to have a big year. Tons of weapons for Caleb Williams. I'm super excited to see exactly what's going to happen there. Um, and really the biggest thing that's keeping USC from being a bona fide playoff contender is that defense. Alex Grinch, uh, th this was a team that, look, you know they, they led the country in turnover margin at plus 22 with 29 takeaways, but that defense was just awful. Eighth worst in the FBS in yards allowed per play. 94th nationally in scoring defense. Alex Grinch is on a major hot seat. Really what they did, and I'll, you know, hats off to Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch, they overhauled this defense through the transfer portal. So they bring in a couple of sophomores that we'll be talking about ne uh, next year in Anthony Lucas, the 6'5", 270-pound sophomore defensive end, and then Bear, Bear Alexander, a D-tackle, 6'3", 305, an athletic freak at the position, uh, transferred in from, Georgia, uh, from Texas A&M and Georgia, respectively. But one guy that they brought in from Arizona that I, I do want to mention is uh, Keon Bars. This is a guy that I think was really I was looking at as a potential pro prospect at, at Arizona. 6'3", 295, physical at the point of attack. You know, he's a you know just a year removed from having a you know five sack season there in 2021. Uh, a guy that I think can push the pocket and get after the quarterback just a little bit. So I'm anxious to see what he can do there at that D tackle spot. Um, you know, another guy that people are talking about potentially having a big year could be Corey Foreman. Um, the former number one overall recruit, a guy that came to USC with with a lot of a uh, lot of expectation coming out of Centennial in Corona. He's six five, about two uh, two sixty five. I, I think this was someone who, with all that expectation, just hasn't lived up to the hype just yet. Uh, Alex Grinch really wanted to continue to work with him, continue the development. I think he's a little bit behind in terms of the development there. Uh, I thought, you know, the, the first year with Todd Orlando, he really struggled. You saw towards the end of the season, though, he started to put things together, dropping into coverage uh, with a big, huge interception there against UCLA uh, to, to seal the win there for them. Um, so he's a guy that I think everyone's rooting for there at USC. It's just going to be interesting to see how everything plays out. Another transfer is Jaleel Muhammad coming in from Georgia State. He's 6'2", 230 pounds, a rush end, a guy that, look, in 2021 had five sacks. Um, this past season, just five tackles for loss, one and a half sacks. But he's going to be a guy that they're going to be relying on uh, to get after the quarterback a little bit. And uh, I'll be curious to see what he can do 
Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about the speed coming off the edge. He just hasn't really had much of a chance to put all of that together and really showcase what he can do. Um, so I'll be curious to see if he can really put a stamp on things there at USC. Uh, 6'1", 240, uh, a junior, I'm sorry, a senior. Um, another senior and another transfer that comes in is Mason Cobb. He's six foot, 230 pounds. The name sounds familiar. He was the leading tackler there at Oklahoma State. 96 tackles, 13 going for loss. But this was a guy for as many tackles as he made, I, I think there were about another 25, 30 tackles that he left on the table. So this is a guy that, you know, for a team like USC that's missed a ton of tackles, just watch that Tulane game and it would just make you sick how many tackles they were missing. They bring in a guy like Mason Cobb. He's going to be a guy that's flying around and making plays, but he's got to make sure that he's bringing his feet, that his head is up, that he's wrapping guys up, and that he's driving through the ball carrier. Uh, otherwise, you know they're they're going to be in for in for some trouble. Uh, another interesting guy is is Eric Gentry, six six six. 205 pounds, um, playing inside linebacker, a guy that really looks more like he should be like a, an Isaiah Simmons um, and potentially play at, at the safety spot. Uh, but Gentry, you know, he transferred in last year from Arizona State, and the length is, is ridiculous. And really, I think he, he played his best football at the beginning of the season. Then he uh, injures his ankle, and I'm wondering how much of that really factored into things. Um, you know, this is a guy, 71 tackles, four going for loss, two stacks when he came back from the ankle injury was really where he struggled the most uh really being able to uh bring guys down in the open field wrap up and i wonder how much of that was not really being able to bring those feet and put himself in a position to make a play um, shane lee uh the senior linebacker that transferred in from alabama he's really a two down linebacker he proved that all he can really do is is play the run he struggles uh, in coverage mightily, so that's really going to hamper his draft stock quite a bit uh, because he just he cannot cover a running back out of the backfield. He really struggles in that area. Uh, the corners, it's going to be Sierra Wright. It's going to be uh, Damani Jackson, a much ballyhooed five-star corner out of modern day. They're both sophomores, so they won't be draft eligible, but a guy who is is Kalen Bullock. 6'3", 190 pounds, the junior. This is a guy that I think teams are going to have to know where he is on the field at all times. Number seven is the guy that plays center field with the best of them. Seven interceptions in his career there at USC, including five this past season. Excellent range over the top. The instincts are ridiculous. Um, he's a guy that if, if you don't look him off and don't hold him and allow him to get over the top, he's going to make a play on the ball. The ball skills are evident. And he's a guy that I think could end up being the top safety in this draft when it's all said and done. Uh, they did get Christian Roland Wallace, a guy that I think could end up playing nickel for them, six foot two oh five, transfer from Arizona. Um, you know, USC's motto going into 2023 is the job's not finished. You know, I think that's where ultimately they need to to win that Pac-12 and get to that college football playoff. You know, they, this is likely going to be Caleb Williams last year. Trojans need to put it all together. And really, frankly, if that defense lets them down again then uh, Alex Grinch is going to be out of a job. So who's the team that's most likely to compete with USC for that crown? I think it's going to be Washington. Um, you know, Oregon's going to be in that mix. Utah is, is a team that really um, has had USC's number of late. But I think Washington is the team that, that has the most depth. Um, you know, it has talent on both sides of the football. Um, so when I look at, at Washington, obviously, we've talked about the quarterbacks. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. was the top passer in the Pac-12 conference 
No, it wasn't Caleb Williams. It was Michael Penix Jr., number two in the country in passing yards with 4,641. Uh, 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. This was a guy that, you know, when you talk about those throws outside the numbers to the wide side, the accuracy, putting it on a line for his receivers, just the tremendous arm strength. The, the arm has never been a question. Um, I, I think he relies on that arm strength a little bit too much, trusts it a little too much, and tries to fit the ball into, into some windows that just aren't there. Um, so he needs to cut down on some of those mistakes. Also needs to prove that he's all the way back and all the way healthy. Had that knee injury when he was at, at Indiana. He was able to prove that he can make it through an entire season this past year. But can he do it again? That's going to be a big question mark. If he can, I think this is a guy, you know, I think people are split. Some people have him coming off the board late on day three because of the injuries. I think that this is a guy that could probably come off the board anywhere, somewhere in the, in the middle of round one to, you know, towards the end of day two. That's really where I think his window is going to be. Again, granted, he's got to stay healthy. Now, offensively, weapons galore as well. Romo Dunze, Jalen McMillan, Jalen Polk. Three just absolutely just bona fide stars at, at the receiver position. Romo Dunze is probably the best in terms of uh, guys that we're talking about for the next level. But Dunze, to me, is a first-round wide receiver. Over 1,100 yards a season to go. 15.3 yards per reception, seven touchdowns. A guy that can get vertical in a hurry has that kind of track speed that you just can't teach. Um, you know, out of Bishop Gorman, uh, won the state title in the 200 meters at 21.25 and the 4x1, 41.36. Uh, thank you, Bruce Feldman, with the athletic, the freaks list. Had all of this listed there. 4.3, 4.40, 37.1 uh, vertical leap. Uh, tremendous, tremendous athlete and a guy that I think is going to be a weapon there on the outside. Uh, you know, Jalen McMillan, another guy that went over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns on the year. I think when I look at Jalen uh, McMillan, I think he's a guy that's probably going to do his most of his damage from the slot. Um, a guy that is a, a weapon, a guy that can run, uh, not only get vertical, but an excellent route runner as well. Um, and then Jalen Polk is a 6'2", 205 sophomore receiver, uh, a guy that can play both um, you know, over the middle and on the outside, um, just under 17 yards per reception, so it has that big play potential. Then you look at the offensive line, and I think the tackles are both guys that we could be talking about for this year's draft class. Um, but you know, they do have to replace Jackson Kirkland, Corey Luciano, and, and Henry Fanny uh, Valu. Um, the interior linemen, those guys were critical to the success a season ago. That's where you worry about Michael Penix Jr. is that that protection, can he stay healthy? Um, that's going to be a huge question mark. But one thing that is for certain, when you talk about the left tackle, Troy uh, Faltanu, 6'4", 312, a junior, um, good old Bruce Feldman. Noted that this is a guy that can bench press 400 pounds, uh, ran a 5'140", vertical leap is right around 30 and a half inch. So you see the, the explosiveness to him. Uh, moves pretty well in pass protection, but I think you know the physicality is really what you see. And for me, I don't think he has that ideal length to be a tackle, but I think you kick him inside to guard. I think he could be a top five or six guard in this year's draft. The other guy to mention is Roger Rosengarten. He's 6'6", 303, uh, a redshirt sophomore. I think he's a guy, when I look at Roger Rosengarten, he can be um, a, an absolute stud there at Washington. Is he going to come, you know, enter the draft? I, I don't think it's likely that he will, 
Um, although I think he's he's poised for a huge year, um, but when I just I, I look at him and and what he's he, he can bring, there, there's that that chance that that we could see. Look, he was a freshman All America first team by College Football News, um, a guy that is going to hold down that right side. A smart kid, also Pac-12 uh, honor roll. Uh, you know, I think the sky's the limit there for Roger Rosengarten. What I'd love to see is for him to come back, potentially move over to that left side after Troy Fatanu moves on to the next level and really work his way into day two and potentially day one consideration for the draft. Now, defensively, this is where things, I think, really get exciting because up front, they've got some studs, absolute studs. Braylon Trice, 6'4", 267, to me, is a first-round pick, and I don't think there's any question about it. Um, a, a guy that just, he, he knows how to get after, he's not overly twitchy. I think that's one of the things that you notice when you watch his game is, you know, there is a little bit of stiffness to him, but definite, you know, can bend a little bit. And uh, the power is absolutely there. 6'4", 260 pounds, a season ago, 12 tackles for loss, nine sacks. He's gonna be a guy that they're gonna rely upon to get after the quarterback. This is a guy, look, uh, Pro Football Focus noted that he was a national leader with 67 pressures. Uh, so he's a, he's a guy that just knows how to get after the quarterback and make plays in the backfield. Uh, another guy to, to mention is Zion Tupuola Fatui. Uh, you know, ZTF, look, 6'4", 251 pounds. This is a guy that uh, you know, was a 2020 All-American. And the biggest thing with Zion is just his health. Can he stay on the field? That's really the biggest question mark. Another guy who's 6'4", 260 pounds. But when you look at it, uh, played in one game in 2018, seven in 2019, just three in 2020, uh, the COVID-shortened year, and two in 2021. Uh, but the big thing in, in 2020, in those three games, had seven sacks. And that's really, I think, the thing that was most staggering and really what, what uh, you know, teams took notice of was that playmaking ability and the playmaking potential that you saw there in those games. Had, had two sacks against Oregon and Arizona, and then had another three-sack performance against Utah to go along with six tackles. Uh, four, uh, two forced fumbles in the game against Oregon State, so a guy that could be a game wrecker, he just can't stay on the field and can't seem to stay healthy. This last year, actually played in 13 games, five and a half tackles for loss, four and a half sacks, you know, the medicals really need to check out with him. That's the, that's the biggest concern more than anything else. Um, Tuli, well, Tuli Nasanoa is a big, big man. Uh, 6'1", 302 pounds, but a guy that just, he is difficult to move off the point of attack. He's going to be someone that I think they're going to be relying upon there in the middle. Six-year senior. Uh, keep an eye out for him. Then you have inside linebacker Edifon Olufosio, uh, 6'1", 235 pounds, active linebacker, played in only five games a season ago, um, just 10 tackles, but a guy that when he's healthy, you know, can be very active. The problem is, much like, like Zion, struggled to stay on the field. And you know that's really going to be the, the biggest thing is, is if these guys can stay on the field and make plays, uh, Washington's going to be uh, right there and give a lot of teams trouble. Uh, they do play USC. They, they also play Oregon. And so there's going to be some of those tough games that they have to go in. They're going to be traveling to East Lansing to take on Michigan State. Um, so Washington just needs to have these guys stay healthy. And if they do, 
I think they're poised for a huge year. In the secondary, you're going to have Don, uh, Dominique Hampton and a guy that I think you know has a chance to have a big year. He's 6'1", 218 pounds, the, the, the strong safety. This is a guy, he's an all-pack 12 performer and, and a guy that I think has tremendous range. He's the guy that's going to come up and hit you in the box. Um, they also get Jabbar Muhammad from Oklahoma State uh, through the transfer portal. This is a guy that I think can absolutely be a star for them. Uh, Jabbar Muhammad, he's only a junior, 5'10", 185 pounds. But look, you know, Washington's known for having those, those corners, and this is the next guy that I think can step in and be the next in line. Nine pass breakups a season ago for the Cowboys. He's going to be their, their starter there on, on the outside. And then Asa Turner is a veteran presence, 6'3", 206. He's a guy that, you know, at that free safety position, roaming over the top. Uh, the big thing for me when I'm watching him, because he is so tall, is the, the hips. Is he stiff in those hips, or is he a guy that can be really fluid with the transitions? That's something that you want to keep an eye out for. Six interceptions in his career there with the Huskies. I think Washington, uh, they're going to put up a lot of points. I didn't mention the running back spot. Cameron Davis, the junior, went down to a knee injury, so he's going to be out. But they get Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State. I think that's a huge pickup there. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to keep an eye out for. There's going to be a lack of depth. Uh, at that running back spot, but Dylan Johnson's the guy that I think could end up having a huge year for them uh, as well. So Oregon is the other team that I think we're really talking about knocking on the door uh, against USC. Obviously, when you have a guy like Bo Nix, things can definitely uh, pick up for for the Ducks, and I think Dan Lanning's really excited for, for what can happen. Bo Nix, if you heard me talk last year, he was a guy that I didn't understand the hype. What I saw there at Auburn, all that pressure that was on him, I just did not see a quarterback that had that pro potential. But he transfers to Oregon, and this is a guy that was playing free. Uh, you could just see the, that he was just comfortable in his own skin and was playing a lot looser. And that's really the thing that I think was so impressive. 6'3", 214. Um, 71.9% completion percentage, over just under 3,600 yards, 29 touchdowns, did have those seven interceptions. When he gets outside the pocket, the accuracy, he loses that a little bit, but can't. he's a dual threat, a guy that's looking to make plays outside the pocket, a guy that, you know, on the run um, is going to make plays with his legs. 14 touchdowns a season ago, 510 yards, 5.7 yards per carry, had a better QBR than, than Michael Penix Jr. last season. Um, so I think he's poised for another year, big year, and a guy that I think could potentially be that number three quarterback off the board. Penix Jr. is going to be in that mix as well. I think Bo Nix will be there. You also have Quinn Ewers and J.J. McCarthy. But uh, if Oregon wants to uh, make some noise in the Pac-12, then Bo Nix is going to have to have a Heisman-type performance. Um, running game, you've got Bucky Irving. I think Bucky is going to be a top uh, running back in this year's draft class. 5'10", 190 pounds. Transferred in from Minnesota. Played just one year there. You know, just under 700 yards on the ground. Was over 1,000 yards with the Ducks. 31 receptions as well. This is a guy that you know, has the speed on the outside. He's not the biggest guy. Uh, you know, like I said, 5'10", 190 pounds, but a guy that can be dynamic in the open field. Um, you love the athleticism. You just see his ability to make plays when he's in space. And uh, I, I think he's a guy that uh, we can expect big things from uh, on the ground. 
Then you look at the receivers, and I think Troy Franklin is a guy that you have to be talking about. Troy Franklin, to me, is a receiver that has a chance to be a first-round receiver. If not, then he's going to come off the board early uh, on day two. But you know, when, when you're talking about Troy Franklin, he's a guy that has that big play potential, a guy that can get vertical uh, for you. He's not the biggest guy in terms of, uh, of the build, but he is tall, 6'2", 170 pounds, excellent catch radius. Uh, 891 yards receiving and nine touchdowns a season ago. He'll be a guy to keep an eye on. Chris Hudson uh, was his running mate a season ago. Uh, the junior is back. Then they also bring in Treshawn Holden from Alabama, a guy that just I don't think really lived up to the hype and the expectation there at Bama. So I think he's hoping to kind of resurrect his career. Uh, you know, I think Hudson's going to be more of the slot guy. Holden, 6'3", 208, uh, a junior, much like Troy Franklin, has a lot of uh, a lot of a catch radius is huge. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out. Um, when you look at it, you know, their, their offensive coordinator, Will Stein, coming from UTSA, I think, you know, he's going to look for a lot of ways to get the receiver of the football to allow Bucky Irving to, to make plays a la uh, Sincere McCormick. And then you have a quarterback like Bo Nix. You know, you look at what Frank Harris meant to that, that roadrunner offense, I think you're going to see something similar there. Uh, you know, they've got to replace Kenny Dillingham, and I think this is a great fit to be able to do that. Um, when you look at the offensive line, I think that's really where the question mark is because uh, there, there's one guy that I guess you could call a, a starter, Marcus Harper, but I don't even know if he's going to be starting. There's Jackson Powers Johnson, who uh, is also battling out for that, that starting role, so that's going to be a huge question mark. Is he a guy that's going to... Um, you know, if Jackson Powers Johnson ends up taking over that starting spot, then you may not really have a returning starter on this group. Uh, Steve Jones, the, the right guard, is huge. He's 6'5", 340 pounds. You get a couple of transfers. Junior Angelau, uh, the 6'6", 320-pounder from Texas. He's a guy that can be a road grader. Um, and uh, Johnny Cornelius was one of the more sought-after guys in the transfer portal coming from Rhode Island, 6'5", 310. He'll be the right tackle, and uh, I think there's a lot of uh, potential there with him. Um, is He may be a year away before I think he can really make some noise, um, but he's his running mate is going to be you know Josh Connerly, a guy that played some tight end actually for them, 6'4", 294, only a sophomore. Um, you know, there, so there's a lot of potential. It's just a question of whether or not this group can really come together in their first year really playing together. Um, at tight end, they've got Terrence Ferguson, 6'5", 255, only a junior, but a guy that I think was a weapon, um, you know, over the middle, down the seam, and, and a guy that I think can block a little bit as well. Uh, when you look at the, uh, the, the defense, I think the first name that has to come to mind is Brandon Dorless. Brandon Dorless is a guy that we should be talking about as a uh, a guy that should be taken in the first two days of the draft. Likely not the day one, but I think he'll, he's a guy that could be in a second round, third round conversation. Uh, a guy that's played defensive tackle, defensive end for them, um, but 20 and a half tackles for loss, seven sacks. A guy that is is stout at the point of attack, get into the backfield and make some plays, put some pressure there on the quarterback. Casey Rogers was a transfer from Nebraska. He's a guy, he's got excellent size for them at the defensive end spot, 6'5", 295 pounds. Um, Jordan Birch is the guy that's really going to be interesting. 6'6", 275, the junior transferred in from South Carolina. And I'll, I'll tell you what, he's a guy that um, is really going to be interesting to see how, how things go. Um, last year, three and a half sacks, seven and a half tackles for loss, um, three pass breakups. But uh, the, the length 
is what's ridiculous with this guy. He's got tremendous length, um, and yet this is a guy that's also you know, squatting 685, sumo deadlift at 685. Uh, thank you, uh, Bruce Feldman, for that, plus the 34-inch vertical leap. Uh, but 6'6", 295. This is a guy, though, that, you know, he's a former five-star, and you wanted to see him just be so explosive coming off the edge. We just haven't seen him quite live up to all of that potential. And that's the thing that I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do there at Oregon. Can he finally elevate his game enough to be a difference maker? Now, I mentioned Dorless. He's on, on Feldman's group. Um, you know, the, the thing that's just incredible is, you know, this is a guy that uh, is a, an athletic freak. Uh, so is, is Casey Rogers. Casey Rogers bench press 505, 365 pound jerk. Uh, power clean 375, back squat at 765. Um, similar numbers um, for Dorless to, to Birch. So you've got a lot of strength there along the defensive front. You just want to see if these guys can wreak havoc behind the line of scrimmage. That's really going to be the big question mark. Uh, you know, a season ago, you know, Dorless is two and a half sacks. Uh, not much of a presence there from Casey Rogers. So you can do all the work you want in the weight room. But if you can't actually translate that to the to the field, then you know that's obviously going to be cause for concern. Oregon, ten and three, ultimately on the year, lost to Oregon State um, in their final game. Also lost to Washington, and of course got blown out by Georgia, forty nine to three, to start out the year. Uh, another guy that they're going to be really relying upon is that linebacker Justin Jacobs, 6'4", 236 pounds, comes in from Iowa, and this was a guy. Look, he he got a lot of playing time. Uh, next to Jack Campbell and Seth Benson. Uh, Nick Neiman, I think, was the other linebacker there. I think Jacobs was kind of the fourth linebacker. But he has tremendous size, had 53 tackles in 2021. Knee injury um, only allowed him to play in two games this past year. He's a guy that I think Oregon is going to need to have uh, a big year there um, at the linebacker spot, especially when you had a guy like Justin Flo uh, just struggling to stay healthy. Uh, you look at the strong safety spot, they've got Evan Williams, 6'1", 194 pounds, transfer from Fresno State. If you remember from my podcast uh, a season ago, talking about the potential there from Evan Williams. Um, I, I like the fact that he's moving to Oregon. I thought that you know Fresno State, you got to see some of, some of that from him. Um, a guy that likes to play around the line of scrimmage, um, 11 tackles for loss in his career, had 90 tackles in 2021, uh, 12 pass breakups, four interceptions in his career, including three in 2021. I thought there was kind of a step down in 2022. Now he has a final year moving on to Oregon. I'm expecting big things from him. And then, of course, you've got the cornerback, Triquez Bridges. He's going to be the playmaker there, 6'3", 192 pounds, only a junior, um, but you love the length. Um, he's a guy that I think everyone's going to be looking at as kind of the alpha there on the back end of that defense. Um, you know, he, he's got tremendous length, tremendous range. That, that the ball skills are evident. You know, is he a guy that can play corner? You have to move him to safety. Three interceptions a season ago, so he's a guy that I think the team is really going to be relying upon to make some big plays. Um, after the Ducks, I think the next team that we really have to be talking about is Utah, right? Uh, the, the Utah Utes, very physical team. Uh, gritty. I think they really embody not only their coach, Kyle Whittingham, but also their quarterback, Cam Rising. I think if you're a Trojan fan, Trojan alum like myself, um, it feels like Cam Rising has been there forever. This is a guy that has just continued to uh, continue to impress. You know, this is a guy, look, Utah back-to-back -back Pac-12 champions. He's going to have Brant uh, Keithy and, and Devon Vele back, his, his go-to guys. 
5,500 career passing yards, 46 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. The dude's a gamer. You know, 6'2", 220 pounds against USC in the Pac-12 championship. Took a huge hit. Helmet goes flying. He gets up and is ready to go. Um, he's just a, he's just a tough dude. You know, he, he spent the offseason, you know, tore that ACL in the Rose Bowl on January 2nd. So that's really going to be the question mark is the durability. Where is he at there? Um, but, man, when he's healthy, the, the dude is just so, so tough. Um, you know, I think they, they may struggle a little bit running the football. I think Quinton Jackson, the converted quarterback, um, is a guy that, that got to see some playing time there in the final games. Um, really had a great year there against uh, – or great – great game against USC in the Pac-12 championship. They have uh, Jaquindon Jackson is going to be the guy, but you know they don't have a Tavion Thomas that they can really rely upon. So I think the, the running game, they could potentially struggle. But when you've got a, a big dude at 6'2", 228 like Jackson, I think good things can happen. Devon Bailey on the outside, I mentioned him already, 6'5", 210 pounds, um, athletic, um, has a tremendous catch radius. The guy that you know has that, that long speed, takes him a little while to get up to speed, but once he does, you know, he's going to find a way to get by you and make some plays over the top. Excellent catch radius. Like I mentioned, um, the hands, the body control, 55 catches, 695 yards, five touchdowns a season ago. And then you've got Brant Keithy. Brant Keithy is only 6'2", 220. But, man, this is a dude that just continues to make plays. Tore the ACL. Season was cut short. Was having a great year playing next to Dalton Kincaid, the eventual first rounder. But when, when you look at Keithy, what he did in 2021, 611 uh, receiving yards. That was after he you know, just played in five games there in 2020. 2019, another 600-yard performance. So when you look at it, has the injury, he's going to come back. I'm expecting another 600-plus yard uh, performance. The big question mark is going to be the medicals. How does the knee check out? How does that hold up? Uh, and really a team, he is an undersized tight end, so where does a team feel like they can place him? I think the, the 40 time, some of the measurements, those are going to be key for him um, in terms of, of really what that draft stock looks like. Thomas Yasmin, uh, the other tight end, 6'5", 250 pounds. He's a guy to keep an eye on as well. Probably a better blocker, but a decent receiver as well for them. I think the guy that really is going to set the stage on the offensive line is going to be uh, Sateoa Alaumea. He's 6'4", 315, only a junior, um, a guy that's going to be physical at the point of attack. Um, you know, he may play left tackle, may play right tackle. I think he also has the ability to play um, along the interior of the line. I think that's ultimately going to be his home at the next level. He and Keaton Bills, the 6'4", 319-pound left guard, are going to be the two guys up front for them to, you know, I think for us to really keep an eye on. Um, I, I think when you look at, at this defense, obviously Clark Phillips, the, the third, the big ball hawk on the outside. You lose him. They bring in Miles Battle, who's played in. Uh, a ton of games for Ole Miss. Um, I think 45 games or something like that that I saw. 6'4", 210 pounds. He's the guy that they're going to be looking at to uh, to be the difference maker there on the outside. Uh, you know, a, a guy that, you know, 16 pass breakups, two interceptions in his career, has tremendous length. He's going to be a guy that they're really going to be relying upon to, to elevate his game. Um, I, I think really, though, the, the, the guy to keep an eye out for is Cole Bishop. 6'2", 206 pound, strong safety. He's the guy that's going to come up and hit you. Uh, tough as nails. Uh, returner, you know, lead, led the team in tackles uh, with 83. Uh, and a guy that's, like I said, he's just tough as nails. He's going to keep coming, going to keep coming after you. Uh, looking to, to really get in your uh, in your kitchen. And he's going to deliver some, some big hits on you, that's for sure. 
And then the guy up front that's going to be physical is the All-Pac-12 defensive tackle, Junior Tafuna, 6'3", 304, only a junior, but a guy that, again, he, he's tough as nails and he's going to really be, be putting a hat on a hat. Um, I think Van Fillinger, Karane Reed, there are a couple of, of pass rushers that you know each had five sacks a season ago from the linebacker positions. So those will be two guys to kind of keep an eye out for as well. Uh, can they put consistent pressure on the quarterback is going to be a huge question mark. And I think that's really going to be, uh, you know, Utah, I think with Cam, uh, Cam Rising, they're going to be able to sustain drives. But can that defense make enough plays uh, to get off the field and let Cam Rising do his thing again, as long as that knee stays healthy and uh, he's able to get back and on the field? Uh, I think after that, you got to talk about Oregon State, the Beavers. Uh, you love what, what Jonathan Smith has been able to do with that team. 10-3 uh, a season ago, 6-3 in Pac-12 play, lost to USC and Utah back-to-back weeks, September 4th and October 1st, and then again against Washington by three on November 4th. And then they, they closed out with, with four straight wins, including a 30-3 convincing win over Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl. And, and they get DJ Ui Angalale transferring in, 6'4", 251 pounds. This was a guy who struggled, struggled a season ago, lost his starting job uh, to uh, Kate Klubnick there at Clemson, but I think he really lost the confidence. That was the biggest thing that I think that you saw from him. Um, you know, a 59.8% completion percentage uh, guy in his career, over 5,600 yards passing, 36 touchdowns with seven interceptions. Uh, that, that's really, he's got to cut down on the mistakes. Uh, a guy that just, you know, Oregon is going to have, Oregon State's going to have to put him in a position to allow him to, uh, to make some plays from within the pocket. They've got to protect him. But he's also got to make sure that he's not rushing his throws, that he's looking off defenders, that you know he's taking what the defense gives him, um, you know, and that he's not so erratic with the throws. You know, this is a guy that I think they need to kind of clean up some of the uh, some of the footwork with him. I think Jonathan Smith, as a former quarterback of the Beavers himself, uh, you know, is going to help with that. But uh, but DJ, look, you know, 50, uh, 545 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns a season ago. You know, for as big as he is, he's the guy that moves really well. I think he has that going for him. The running back is going to be Damian Martinez, six foot, two hundred thirty, uh, big dude, nine hundred eighty-two yards on the ground, seven touchdowns. There's a lot to like there. Silas Bolden is is a, a, an exciting receiver, only five eight, very diminutive, only a junior. The returning receiver uh, leader is Anthony Gould, four hundred fifty-seven yards with three touchdowns. Another guy who's only five eight and one hundred sixty pounds. Uh, so they've got some really small receivers as their number one targets. So I think that's something that we're going to have to definitely keep an eye out for. Are these going to be guys that can, can hold up there on the outside? They also get Cal transfer, uh, you know, Jermaine Terry the second. He'll be someone that we want to keep an eye on for sure as well. But this is a team that's going to want to run the ball as often as possible. I mean, you look at Damian Martinez with the Pac-12 Offensive Freshman of the Year, Deshaun Fenwick, Jan Griffin couple of guys that can really run the football well and that's really says a lot for this offensive line it's a veteran group they return all five starters uh joshua gray their left guard our left tackle 6'4, 305 um, he's a guy i said guard because i think that's going to be where he's going to be next year uh no sacks given up um just lacks that ideal length but a guy that moves very well and uh you know Climbs to the second level in the run game, uh, does that with ease. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Joshua Gray can do. But then you have, you know, uh, 
Taliese uh, Fuaga there on the outside, an all-Pac-12 performer at the right tackle spot, uh, 6'6", 325 pounds. He's a guy that can move in as a, as a potential top 10 offensive tackle. Uh, you know, all-Pac-12 performer, as I said a season ago, very physical at the point of attack, uh, and a guy that's pretty light on his feet on the outside. Uh, those are going to be the two guys that are going to anchor this this offensive line. And again, a very veteran group defensively. Um, you know, this is a team that really, you know, last season they, they led the conference in total defense, just 332.8 yards per uh, per game. They they lose their two corners, and I think that's really the biggest thing. You lose Rajon Wright and you lose Alex Austin to the NFL. You also lose Omar Spates to the to LSU. So that's that's huge. You, you, you wanted to be able to keep him if you could. Uh, he and Avery Roberts were a dynamic duo there at uh, at the linebacker spot. But the guy that I really um, have enjoyed watching is Kitan Oladapo, 6'1", 212 pounds, the safety, returning tackler, you know, leader at, with 80. Um, very versatile guy, first-team All-Pac-12 performer, a guy that flies around and makes plays, um, sure tackler, a lot of fun to watch. He'll be the guy that I, I think uh, has the most pro potential in this year's group of, of performers there for the Beavers, and uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do there. Um, you know, the Beavers, I, I think, you know, they're, they're, they're steady eddies, man. You know, they've got Isaac Hodgins, um, an undersized defensive end. Uh, they got James Rawls, who's 6'2", 280 at defensive tackle. Uh, and Sione Lolohea, uh, a guy that I think um, has a chance to be a, a star in the Pac-12, um, who's 6'3", 263, playing the other defensive end spot. Want to see what he can do. Can they turn him loose and make, you know, allow him to make some plays behind the line of scrimmage? Um, so I, I think the Beavers, they're one of those teams, they, they end up sneaking up on people. They end up Making, uh, winning a lot of games that even maybe they shouldn't have. Um, but uh, they're a very well-coached team. And any team that has to travel to Corvallis, um, you know, that's that's a, a stadium um, and a crowd where, you know, anything can really happen. I think next you have to talk about the UCLA Bruins. UCLA, what's going to happen at the quarterback spot? You know, there's Ethan Garbers. There's uh, you know, Colin Schley, who transferred in from Kent State. It sounds like it's going to be the freshman Dante Moore. Uh, this is a guy that's going to be you know, 6'3", 210 pounds. He's really a, a dual threat guy there for Chip Kelly. Uh, Colin Schley's another guy that, that's going to bring some of that to the to the table as well. Uh, but the guy that they really bring in is that they you know replacing Zach Charbonnet with another dude that's just going to bring the hammer, and that's Carson Steele, uh, transferring in from Ball State, um, thousand yard rusher from a season ago, 6'1", 215 pounds. Over 1,500 yards on the ground, 14 touchdowns, also had 29 receptions, pretty good pass blocker as well, pretty complete running back, um, a guy that has some speed, not the most nimble laterally, but he, he's a guy that you know, can make that one cut to make you miss, and then he'll run over you, and then he's got the speed to go the distance. Um, you know, I think Carson Steele is, is a guy that uh, Pac-12, you know, the Pac-12 is really going to have to get to get to know, and, and they'll know who he is very quickly. He's got those flowing locks. Looks like Thor um, Feldman. Bruce Feldman has has him on the freaks list. You know, uh, 450 pound bench press, squatted 685, vertical leap through, uh, 35 inches, clocked at 20.96 miles per hour. So the speed is absolutely there as well. He's a dude that is uh, a physical performer coming downhill. 
got to watch him there at Ball State. It was a lot of fun. Um, I think he was, what, fourth in the FBS in rushing, if I'm not mistaken, um, in the passing attack. You look at the receivers, I, I think that's really where they've got some holes. They've got some guys that are that are versatile, um, but I think the guy that really is going to come in from Cal uh, and make some plays for them is going to be J. Michael Sturdivant. He's only a sophomore, but a guy that was a weapon on the outside. I thought he was one of the bright spots there for Cal a season ago. Uh, 6'3", 200, over 700 yards through the air and seven touchdowns. He'll be uh, probably the, the main target there for more Schley Garbers or whoever else is going to be playing uh, the quarterback position. Uh, the tight end spot's going to be manned by the junior Maliki Mataveo, transferred in from Oregon. Uh, keep an eye out for him there. I think on the offensive line, they're bringing in some new guys, and that's really going to be something. It's going to be question, you know, questionable. Can this group really, really uh, uh, come together? You know, a lot of transfers all the way around in the in the Pac-12, but uh, you've got Kadare Akunta. 6'6", 306-pound transfer from ODU. Um, you know, Spencer Holtage uh, from Purdue, 6'5", 310. I think he's got some potential there. Um, and then, obviously, you've got the center, Duke Clemens, 6'3", 302. He's the guy that I think has a chance to work his way into day three of the draft. But when we're talking about the defensive side of the football, I think the guy that everyone has to get excited about is uh, uh, Liatu Latu. Right, I mean, this is a guy that just always seemed to be living in, in opposing backfields. Uh, a guy that really we thought was going to retire um, due to due to injury, concussions, and such. There at Washington, ultimately transferred to UCLA for the 2022 season. Uh, 12 tackles for loss, 10 and a half sacks. A guy that just always seemed to be making plays. That was really the one of the big things that we were talking about. Uh, a guy that just always seemed to be living in opposing backfields, a guy that was in the, the top two or three in pressures, um, always just seemed to be moving forward. You love his uh, his ability to dip at the inside shoulder and turn the corner, excellent hand usage, bends pretty well. You know, really the biggest thing is going to be the medicals and how that checks out, but he's a guy that I think has a chance to be a first-round prospect. I think you've got the Murphy brothers um, that, that you also have to be talking about, guys that are, you're going to have to keep an eye on, Get Grayson and Gabriel Murphy, uh, both right around uh, 6'3", 260 pounds or so. They're both juniors, but uh, guys that I think UCLA is really relying upon um, to uh, take them to the next level. Um, you know, Grayson, 6'2", 235. Uh, let's see, transferred in from North Texas. Uh, eight and a half sacks, 14 and a half going for loss for the, the, the Mean Green there in 2021. Follows that up with nine tackles for loss and five sacks for the Bruins. And then his brother Gabriel uh, you know, was no slouch either. Gabriel Murphy, you know, a little undersized, 6'2", 238. Um, but at North, North Texas, 12 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Didn't have as much success there at UCLA. Uh, in his first year, but these are two guys that I think everyone's going to be relying upon to have huge years there for the Bruins. Um, Darius Muasau, um, the, the linebacker in the middle, um, also a senior. He's going to be a guy that you know is going to have to really lead a you know a linebacking group that uh, you know they they bring in um, Oluwafemi Oladejo from Cal. He's the guy that we got to talk about here in just one sec. But uh, Muasau, he's 6'1", 230, 91 tackles a, a season ago. Now, I mentioned um, Oluwafemi Oladejo, and he's the guy that I thought was a playmaker there at Cal. Um, 
and, and Femi, um, right around 6'3". I think he's up to 255, up from 240 a season ago. 91 tackles last year, four and a half going for loss. He was a guy that always seemed to be around and make plays around the football. So I think that duo of, of, of he and Musa uh, patrolling the middle of that defense is really going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I think a guy that's going to have potential is Devin Kirkwood on the outside, 6'3", 194, only a junior. So the corner could decide to come back for another season. The senior to watch out for in the secondary is going to be Kenny Churchwell. The free safety, 6'2", 190 pounds. Um, so he'll be a guy that I think they're also going to be relying upon on the back end of their defense. So next on the list, I think we have to go up to the Palouse, talk about Wazoo, Washington State. We've got another quarterback that is going to be a, a draft-eligible prospect, and that's Cam Ward, 6'2", 215 pounds, a guy that really burst on into the scene. Everyone talking about him from Incarnate Word, what was he going to look like? How was his game going to translate? And I, I thought he, you know, he moved in pretty well there for the Cougs. Uh, 64% completion percentage, uh, over 3,200 yards, 23 touchdowns. Did have the nine interceptions. Struggled really throwing the football at times, making some some poor decisions. Um, escapability um, was one of the things that you definitely saw him with him in the pocket. Um, I thought the precision on on some of the, the, the deeper throws. Um, was where he really struggled, and that's something that I think he's going to have to continue to work on. Really being able to hit his guys, um, you know, over the middle and down the football field with regularity. Um, you know, if the Cougs really want to make some noise in 2023, this was a team seven and six on the year before and five in Pac-12 play. Um, you know, the I think their biggest win was probably against Wisconsin week two, beat them 17 to 14. Uh, but all the big games, you know, that they went up against, you know, three three point loss against Oregon. Uh, they lost to USC, four point loss to Utah. Uh, Washington ultimately pulled away at the end there, and then they lost the bowl game, the LA Bowl against Fresno State. Uh, so this is a team that I think has some, has some potential. I think there's a lot of question marks there, especially at the skill position. Uh, they get Nakia Watson, the running back, six foot, 215 pounds. Uh, 769 yards and nine touchdowns a season ago. I think that's the guy that they really have to kind of you know lean on a little bit. Um, a guy that I think, uh, you know, I think right around a little over five yards per carry. He's a guy that, that could definitely tip the thousand yard mark and could get some garner some consideration for some of the All Star games. Um, you know, a lot of question marks there at the receiver spot. I think Kyle Williams is probably the guy that we're going to be talking about most there from UNLV. Uh, the other guy, Josh Kelly, uh, they're, again, they're both juniors, but Kyle Williams and Josh Kelly, they're both 6'1", 190 pounds. They're really going to be relied upon to uh, to make a lot of the plays. I think uh, probably the best offensive lineman, they returned four starters, best offensive lineman, maybe Connor Gomnes, their center, 6'5", 290 pounds, only a junior. He'll be back for another year, uh, but he'll be the guy that's holding it down in the middle. Um, I, I think Ron Stone, the 6'3", 235-pound defensive end, and Brandon Jackson is running mate 6'4", 255. Brandon Jackson had six sacks a season ago, um, but with Ron, he's another guy that's consistent, not you know, not as flashy as, as Brandon Jackson, but a guy that just is uh, is solid there. Uh, a guy that would have to be a 34 outside linebacker, a little undersized, but he's a guy to definitely keep an eye out for. 
Brennan Jackson is coming back for sixth and final season. He's a guy that's going to be interesting to uh, you know just kind of watch his journey. Ron Stone as well, six-year senior. So you got that better veteran leadership on that defensive side of the football. Uh, I think in the secondary you have Chow Smith Wade, a guy that has a chance to be a star. Five uh, eleven, 180 pounds. He's a guy that teams just really didn't want to throw his way. He was a guy that had excellent ball skills, uh, showing that he he has that talent there on the outside. Uh, the free safety, Sam Lockett, had three interceptions this season to go 6'1", 205. And then Jaden Hicks, redshirt sophomore, 6'3", 210 pounds. He's another guy that, uh, you know, the size is definitely appealing. You want to see how he can move uh, there on the back end of the defense. They do get a couple of transfers in, uh, in Devin Richardson and Ahmad uh, McCullough from Texas and Maryland, respectively, both about 6'2", 230 pounds. They've got to replace Deion Henley, a guy that I thought was just an absolute stud on the roster for them a season ago. I, I, I think there's there's some talent, but they're really unproven. Uh, the guys that I do like, obviously, are going to be Jackson, Stone, uh, Smith, Wade, Hicks, and Lockett. But again, I, I think the team lacks some depth. That's really going to be a huge struggle point there for uh, you know Jake Dickert. But I think Washington State's a team that's going to make a bowl game again this year and uh, at least make some things interesting in, in quite a few of the games. You know, anybody that has to travel up to the Palouse, you know that uh, they're going to be in for a, a game there in Martin Stadium. I think that's going to be a you know anytime you see that on the schedule, that's going to be a you know cause for concern if you're an opposing. Uh, Opposing team coming in there, having to to go to that, uh, go to the Palouse, Arizona. Jed Fish, I really love what Jed Fish is doing out there. They did uh, miss the bowl game, you know, five and seven record, but man, this is a gutty team. They've got Jaden Delora, the undersized quarterback, six foot, two hundred five. Now Delora is, you know, a junior. Uh, did put on twenty five pounds this off season. Um, which I think is, is staggering. But this guy, you know, he's elusive in the open field, has a pretty darn good arm, um, and I think he'll be throwing to Jacob Cowie, the 5'11", 175-pound senior, uh, a guy that I think could be the, the top slot receiver in this year's draft class. Um, Cowing is absolutely a top top 10 wide receiver in this draft class. Uh, not the biggest guy, but look, you know, he has back-to-back -back years with over 1,000 yards, followed up, that, that uh, 2021 season at UTEP where he had over 1,300 yards, 19.6 yards per reception and seven touchdowns, 85 catches, just over 1,000 yards, seven touchdowns. He was really kind of playing that second fiddle to Dorian Singer, worked a lot of those underneath routes, but very sudden with the route running. He's a guy that I expect to have a big year. Uh, you know, I, I think when you look at uh, you know Tetraroa uh, McMillan, he's a guy that could be an absolute stud for them as well, 6'5", 205. Caught eight touchdown passes as a freshman. He's a guy, only a sophomore, but he's he's really the future uh, at the at the position. And Tanner McLaughlin, uh, their tight end, is is another guy that uh, I think has a chance to make some noise in his final year at Arizona. Came in first year in 2022, 34 catches, 456 yards, two touchdowns, decent blocker, excellent pass catcher. So he's a guy to keep an eye out for for sure. Um, and then there's Michael Wiley, six foot, 210 pounds. Uh, you know, Gary Brightwell has been able to carve out a niche for him himself there at the next level. And I think Michael Wiley has a chance to be able to do the exact same thing. I mean, he's got good size, uh, 771 yards and eight touchdowns a season ago. I think you know, he, he runs with some physicality, has some decent speed as well. 
Um, a guy that I'll tell you, it feels like he's been there at U of A for, for quite a while. Um, this will be his fifth year there. Uh, first year where he went over 100 carries, so not a lot of wear on those those legs. 95 receptions in his career as well, so definitely got to catch the football out of the backfield. And then when you look at the offensive line, they returned three starters, but the guy is Jordan Morgan, 6'6", 320 pounds. A guy that I think could have considered uh, coming out uh, for, for the draft, but uh, a knee injury really slowed him down. And uh, so he's going to be back. Glad to see that he's healthy. So he'll be a guy that uh, is really going to be holding down the left side of that line um, and a guy that I think is poised to make, not only make some noise, uh, impact 12 play, but uh, could be an, an early day two pick for the draft. Um, defensively, very young group. They only returned three starters from a season ago. Um, and... You know, I, I don't know that any of those guys are guaranteed starters. Maybe Jacob Manu, the, the linebacker, the sophomore linebacker, um, undersized guy, but makes a lot of plays. 5'11", 220 pounds. Um, I, I think you know you've got Trayton Stooks, the, the nickelback, who's 6'2", 190. He might be a guy to keep an eye on. Gunnar Maldonado, the safety on the back end, uh, six foot, 195 pounds. Um, Oren Patu is an intriguing guy, who's six four, uh, 200 and uh, 235 pounds, a guy from Cal that uh, I enjoyed watching play. He just didn't get enough uh, action, enough playing time. I think that's why he ultimately decided to transfer to Arizona. I think he'll be a, a day one starter for them on the outside. He'll be someone to keep an eye out for, see if he can put some pressure on the quarterback. I think Arizona defensively is going to struggle. I think offensively they'll be able to move the ball and uh, be able to keep themselves in some games because of that. Uh, let's see. Next, I think you know, let's talk about Cal. Why not? Let's talk about the Cal Bears and you know what what you have there with Justin Wilcox. Uh, Wilcox now in his uh, what seventh year with the Bears. Obviously, we don't know where they're going to be next year, but uh, you know, they've got an exciting running back in Jaden Ott, only a sophomore, six foot, two hundred pounds, um, over just under nine hundred yards rushing and an eight touchdowns. The big question mark is who's the quarterback going to be? Uh, it looks like it's going to be Sam Jackson the fifth who's a 5'11", 195-pounder, um, you know, really an undersized quarterback. Uh, but you have Jake Spavital. Look, Jake Spavital, you know, has worked with a lot of different quarterbacks with a lot of different sizes. Johnny Manziel, Kyler Murray have worked with him. So I think that's really what's going to be interesting, see if he can kind of work things in there. Um, you know, I, I think that's where, where the Bears could struggle. But you've got Jeremiah Hunter, a 6'2", 200-pound receiver, uh, six foot. Or, I'm sorry, 60 receptions, 965 yards, five touchdowns. A guy that could decide to enter the draft. I think he's got pro potential uh, there on the outside. You know, this is a group that's also returning all five starters up front. I think the, the center, Matthew Sindrick, is probably the best of the bunch. 6'4", 300 pounds. Uh, a guy that could play his way into late day three consideration. I, you know, I, I think he's a fringe uh, top 10 center. Um, I, I don't think a center outside the top 10 is going to get drafted, so I think he's a guy that has to have a big year. Brett Johnson up front, 6'5", 295, was a guy that I thought, you know, uh, he's missed uh, you know, with hip injuries and knee injuries. He, he's finally back, and it sounds like he's going to be healthy. The medicals certainly have to check out for him, but you know, at 6'5", 295, he definitely looks the part. And uh, when, when he's healthy, he's a guy that can wreak some havoc. But look, you know, uh, only played in four games in 2020, 
hasn't didn't see the field in 2021 or 2022, so really looking forward to seeing if he can get back out on the field, see what type of player he can really be. Um, I think you also look at uh, Jackson Sermon there in the middle of the defense, 6'2", 245 pounds. Uh, look, you know, leading leading tackler from a season ago, 104 tackles, has a nose for the football, flies around. Um, he'll be in his sixth year as well. The son of Peter Sermon, he's a guy that I think you know plays a lot like his uh, like his dad. You know, tough as nails, going to be a guy that's going to make some plays there. Uh, I think Noel Williams is going to be interesting. Um, 6'1", 195 pound junior, the transfer from UNLV. Um, I, I think Noel Williams is a guy that um, has made some plays for the Rebels, uh, veteran experience. So that's something that I think is definitely going to play well for them. Five interceptions, nine pass breakups in his career. They needed a guy on the outside to make some plays, and he's going to be like a guy that's going to be able to do that. I think Patrick McMorris made a great decision transferring to Cal from San Diego State, looking to follow in the footsteps of Daniel Scott, who was drafted uh, six foot, 210 pounds. This guy I, th I thought was the best player on San Diego State's defense, not named Jonah Tavai. Um, but look, a year removed from a 90 tackle year with four interceptions and nine pass breakups. 2022 was kind of a downer year for San Diego State in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, I think you also saw that with the play from McMorris, but I think he's looking to really bounce back and uh, you know, try to make some plays there for Cal. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do there in the Pac 12. And uh, you know, power five opponents, Cal. You know, when you look at their their team, you know they they take on Auburn on September 9th. That's you know second game of the year. It doesn't get any easier. In a couple of weeks after that, they take on Washington at Washington. Um, you know they have Oregon State on their on their schedule. Uh, Utah, USC. They travel to Outson Stadium with Oregon. They finish out the year going to UCLA so I think it's going to be a, a long year there for Justin Wilcox especially if they can't get uh, the quarterback play going um, after Arizona, or um, after Cal we've got to talk about Arizona State um, this is a team that it, it ultimately sounds like the, the starter is going to end up being the freshman Jaden Rashida um, obviously you know had an impressive spring ends up taking over for, for Drew Pine who was 8-2 as a freshman for the Irish last year um, but the freshman is going to take over at, at that spot. Um, I, I think when you look at this group, I think Elijah Badger is, is uh, intriguing. Uh, 70 catches, 866 yards, and seven touchdowns a season ago. 6'2", 190 pounds. He's going to be the weapon on the outside. Then at that, that tight end position, Jalen Conyers. He's 6'4", 265, the junior. You know, this guy's a, a basketball player. You know, I mean, that's really when you watch him play, that's, that's kind of how he plays the position. And uh, a guy that's going to attack the football in the air, excellent hands, going to be a red zone option. A guy that transferred from Oklahoma was a receiver there in, in 2020, bulked up in, in this last year, uh, 422 yards through the air and five touchdowns. He's absolutely going to be a weapon for them. Um, you know, I, I you know feel confident about that. Um, the offensive line, there, I think there's going to be some question marks up front. Um, see exactly what's going to happen there. Uh, the running game, they also have to replace. Xavier uh, Valade, you know, a guy that rushed for just under 1,200 yards. They do get uh, Cameron uh, Scadibo, uh, the transfer from Sac State. He's going to be a guy that was eighth in the rushing you know, FCS a season ago. He'll likely be the guy to start. But again, some question marks all over the place. Um, I think Aaron Frost, the, the senior, a guy that transferred in from Nevada, I want to say if I remember off the top of my head. Uh, I didn't have it here in my notes, but 
Uh, yeah, Nevada, he's a guy, a veteran presence up front. He'll be someone that I think is going to help shore up the line a little bit. 6'5", 310 pounds. Gets a little bit closer to home, I think. Um, you know, from, from Reno to uh, Tempe. You know, he, he went to school at, at Long Beach Poly in Long Beach, California. And uh, so he's a guy that I think may end up being the top offensive lineman in their, uh, in their group. Um, when you look at the defense, you know, I, I think this is another defense that, that's really green. Um, I think Clayton Smith from o Oklahoma has a chance to have a breakout year there at that defensive end spot. Um, no, I, I think uh, Chris Edmonds, Jordan Clark in the secondary are a couple of guys that are draft eligible to really keep an eye on as well. Travion Brown, um, a linebacker who's 6'3", 230 pounds. He's the guy that I think may be the most intriguing of the group. Um, you know, really a guy that you want to see. Uh, you know, came in from Washington State and uh, had 119 tackles, seven going for loss. But a guy that really had to split time uh, with, with Dayon Henley. So obviously he's not going to see the field a ton in that situation. I, I just think Kenny Dillingham. You know, it's going to take him a couple of years to really. Uh, get not only the, the talent on offense that he's looking for, but also on the defensive side of the football. So I think this is going to be a, a tough year for Arizona State. Uh, same goes for Stanford. And this is a team that's uh, kind of in a tailspin, and uh, they lose uh, David Shaw, their longtime head coach. He decides that uh, he's going to resign. Ultimately, you've got Troy Taylor, who's coming in from Sac State. Really all kinds of success there, especially on the offensive side of the football. Uh, Tanner McKee moved on to the NFL. Ari Patu, 6'4", 216, is going to be your starting quarterback. A guy that threw uh, just nine passes a season to go for 65 yards. I think the passing attack is going to struggle. Uh, but you do get E.J. Smith, uh, Emmett Smith's son, 6'210 pounds. He's a guy that just, again, he needs to stay healthy. It's one of the things that it sounds like we keep talking about. Missed all the two games, but with 6.9 yards per carry in the 30 rushes that he had. Uh, I thought he played well against USC, but man, he just needs to stay on the football field. They're very young at the skill position, uh, so that's, I think, going to be a, a work in progress. They're going to struggle a little bit there. They lost Drake Nugent, their pivot, uh, who transferred over to Michigan, uh, but I think the guy that is going to be the top target is Benjamin Urasek. Uh, you know, 6'5", 232, tremendous athlete at the tight end position, over 1,100 yards and four touchdowns in the last two seasons. A guy that I, for as good as he is as a pass catcher and a guy that can stretch the field a little bit, you know, he's not just a guy that's going to catch the underneath throws. He's a legit weapon on the outside, all Pac-12 second teamer. He struggles as a blocker. That's really the biggest thing that I think is going to keep him from really being that, that upper echelon tight end. Uh, but I think he has a chance to end up having a really breakout year with uh, with Troy Taylor. If he becomes the focal point of that offense, I think you know you could really see a lot of big things from Benjamin Urosek continue to move up draft boards. I think David Bailey is an interesting guy for next year's draft class, 6'3", 240 pounds, an edge rusher, a stand-up edge guy that's going to look to get after the quarterback coming off the edge. Had two and a half sacks, led the team uh, in terms of the returners in, in tackles with 46. But again, you know, they, they only have three returning starters up front. Uh, and essentially, you know, when you look at the back end of that defense, that, that's where they're, they're pretty great. That, that's really going to be the big the big issue. I think, you know, Gaithan Bernadelle coming in from FIU, this is a guy that, uh, you know, he was the first undergrad tr uh, transfer in Stanford football history to enroll mid-year. 
Um, I thought that was an interesting, interesting take that uh, Athlon Sports shared. But uh, 103 tackles a season ago, eight tackles for loss, uh, a sack and a half at FIU. Um, so he's obviously going to be that, that leader in the middle of that defense. Uh, only a junior, so he'll have a couple years of eligibility, but he's the guy that I think everyone needs to really keep an eye out for. Um, for Stanford on the defensive side of the football, he's a guy that has a chance to be a stud. Both he and David Bailey have a great chance to really be breakout stars for that program. And then Colorado. Now, this was a team that uh, obviously they were desperate. They were absolutely desperate to bring something to the fold, something to the table. Uh, you know, when you go 1-11, your only win was against Cal, a team that really struggled last year. You know that you're, you're, you've are you're got your workout cut out for you. So what do they do? They bring in Prime, Deion Sanders, coming from Jackson State. Um, and they he brings his son, Shadur Sanders, with him. Uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the FCS and, and a guy that uh, you know, is going to be a playmaker there on uh, uh at the quarterback spot, 6'2", 215 pounds, has a chance to be a top 10 quarterback because of his elusiveness, uh, his ability to uh, really you know, not only go through his progressions, but be able to manipulate the pocket by time as a passer. The athleticism is also apparent with his ability to run the football. Um, I, I think this is a team as well. When you look at a guy like Alt McCaskill, the running back, ultimately, you know, the question was, is he going to stay at Houston? What's going to happen with him? Six foot, 200 pounds. He's going to, Ca uh, to Colorado. Um, 961 yards, 16 touchdowns, 21 receptions a season ago for Houston as a true freshman. So I don't think he's draft eligible, but that's definitely a huge pickup for them. Um, Cavassier Smoke is another guy that we're going to see there. He is a senior, 5'9", 210 pounds. And when you're talking about Cavassier, um, you know, he was a guy that uh, was durable. You know, played in, in five seasons there. Um, with the, the Wildcats, not much of a factor in the passing game. Uh, really was kind of a, a backup running back, if you will. So I think he'll be a nice one-two punch there with uh, Alton McCaskill. Um, I, I think the receiving core, they bring in some, some new guys. Look, Deion Sanders brought in a ton of guys in the uh, in the transfer portal, and I think that's something that you know really says a lot. Cavassier Smoke shared the time with, with Chris Rodriguez, who's a big physical back. Now he's got a guy like Alton McCaskill, who's more of an explosive playmaker there on the outside. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how that fits into play. Um, Receiver-wise, obviously you've got Travis Hunter, a guy that's going to be playing both on the offensive and defensive side of the football, receiver and corner. Um, one of the most exceptional players, a guy that, you know, look, five-star guy going to Jackson State, just doesn't happen very often. That's the Deion Sanders effect. Uh, Jimmy Horn coming in from USF. He'll be a guy to, to keep an eye on at 5'10", 175 pounds. And then also the tight end, Sidhu Traore, coming in from Arkansas State. He has the potential to be a breakout star as well. Um, 6'4", 223 pounds, going to be a weapon there on the outside as a pass catcher. I mean, for the Red Wolves, what didn't this guy do? 50 catches, 655 yards, four touchdowns. He and Travis Hunter, I think, you know, could really have huge years there with Shadur Sanders to win the football. And look, I think Sanders is a guy, the poise in the pocket. Um, I, I think, you know, you really want to see what he can do elevating his game to the Pac-12. I think ultimately, if I'm Shadur Sanders, I enter the draft next year, not with this loaded quarterback class, come back for another year, now you're going to get experience in a third conference, moving on to the Big 12. So Jackson State in the FCS, Colorado, 
in, in the Pac-12 and then Colorado again in the Big 12. I think that's really going to bode well for his draft stock overall, especially if he balls out uh, all three seasons. Then, then you look here with uh, the offensive line. They've returned three starters. You know, they've got uh, you know, Gerard Christian uh, Lichtenhahn. This dude, holy cow, 6'10", 315 pounds, only a junior. Um, you know, the size is ridiculous. When you've got a guy that tall, you know, pad level becomes a concern. But I I'm just I'm curious to see what this guy can do. Only a junior. He'll probably be back for another year. He'll probably need that, working on that pad level. Uh, but he'll be somebody, at least if nothing else, for everybody to keep an eye out for and, and really watch how he performs. Uh, a lot of guys on the defensive side of the football. Good Lord. Uh, Jordan Dominic out of uh, out of Arkansas is the guy that I think has a chance to be a dude on the interior of that line. Um, the guy that started his career at, at Georgia Tech, the transfer to Arkansas, um, you know, had seven and a half sacks for the Hogs a season ago. Um, let's see, 27 tackles for loss, 16 and a half sacks in his career, and uh, you know he was at 6'3", 235 at one point. He's up to about 250 now. So he'll be a guy uh, that I think can be a talented performer there. Um, you, know, you also have Tosh Alston, uh, another uh, athletic uh, defensive lineman, a guy that uh, came in from West Virginia, 6'4", 245, uh, seven, I'm sorry, eight sacks in his career. Really his best year was 2021 with the Mountaineers, 11 tackles for loss and five sacks. He transfers in. Uh, Taylor Upshaw from Michigan is also there. Um, a, a guy that look, you know, they were so deep there at the defensive end position. He kind of got lost in the mix. 6'4", 262 pounds, um, just five sacks in his career. Like I said, didn't see the field a ton. So I think he was looking to transfer to where he could uh, make more of an impact. Levante Bellamy transfers from Clemson. He's the guy that they're going to be looking to to have a big year. Six foot, 235. Uh, didn't really see a whole lot of action there at Clemson. Again, playing behind guys. You know, I think that's really the thing that Deion Sanders was selling for these guys was, hey, you can come here and have a chance to to play and uh, you know earn obviously earn your spot on the roster, but you have a chance to play. You know, if you were playing behind guys, now is a chance for you to actually get out there and uh, and and make it happen. And then Miles Slusher, the six foot, hundred eighty five pound safety, transfers in from Arkansas, a guy that likes to play around the line of scrimmage. Um, that's really where I see most of his game. Um, you know, he's, he's more of a nickelback, but I think he's probably going to be, you know, uh, a safety if you're talking about him potentially at the next level. Um, you know, not a, a huge factor in, in the passing game, more of a box defender than anything else, which I think limits his draft stock. Um, but when I look at, at Colorado, this is a team that could surprise. It's just a big question mark right now because there's so many transfers, there's so much chaos with this team. It may take Coach Prime a year or so to really get this roster going, but it's hard to bet against Prime, all the hype that he brings in. You know, he, he ruffled a lot of feathers with a lot of people when he came in at Colorado and said, look, you know, a lot of guys, you know, you're going to be transferring out. I'm going to bring a lot of guys in. And uh, ultimately, he wants to have his team in place. You know, if you watch Swamp Kings, you've watched Urban Meyer, he wanted to bring his guys in. You know, there was a lot of tough love there to ultimately, hey, these are going to be my guys. These are the guys that I know aren't going to quit. And these are the guys that I know we can rely on. Um, so I, I don't blame Prime for doing it. Um, unfortunately, you know, I, I think in the social media age, people have taken a lot of the videos. Um, you know, a lot of what was said there 
um, you know, I, I think rubs a lot of people the wrong way, which is a shame because I, I think at the end of the day, you know, what he's doing was needed for the program to really help take the step forward. So now if we look at the Pac-12, the top games, there are going to be a lot of them. I think August 31st is the first one that you really have to keep an eye out for. That's going to be a Thursday night game. Uh, Florida heading to Utah. The big question mark is going to be Cam Rising's health. Uh, they don't have to worry about Anthony Richardson. Um, and I really think big, Billy Napier's team, we don't know what's going to happen there with Graham Mertz um, at the quarterback spot. I think Jack Miller may end up taking over that spot at some point. Um, that's going to be a, a, a game to watch. USC taking on Notre Dame in South Bend, October 14th, Notre Dame Stadium. Trojans snapped a four-game losing streak to, to the Irish a season ago. Um, I, I think this is going to be a huge game. Um, Notre Dame, um, obviously, you know, Joe Alt there at left tackle holding things down. You got Sam Hartman, the quarterback. There's a lot to like there with the Irish. They're going to have to figure out a way to slow down Caleb Williams, and SC's going to have to figure out a way to, uh, you know, for the defense to get out of their own way, frankly. Uh, same, same day, you've got Oregon taking on Washington in Seattle. This is going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, this was a game where the Huskies scored 10 points in the final four minutes to win 37-34. Uh, Penix versus Knicks. Obviously, this is going to be one where you know, who's going to be that quarterback that's going to take that next step and that leap. We may be able to kind of answer that question a little bit. Who's going to emerge uh, out of this group? Uh, USC gets Utah at home. This has really been their nemesis the last couple of years. They lost to them. Two out of the three losses a season ago were to Utah. October 21st, kind of redemption for them. Oregon travels to Utah on October 28th. Look, you know, Utah, it's a tough place to play. Um, just ask USC, and, and you know, they're at, at uh, you know, in Salt Lake City. And uh, Oregon going to have to show that that defense can slow down, uh, you know, Cam Rising. Can they be physical against that, that, uh, that Utah, uh, not only their offensive line, but also their defense? USC hasn't played uh, Washington uh, very much over the last five, six years. But on November 4th, the Huskies travel to USC. You're going to see Penix Jr. taking on Caleb Williams. Uh, but I think this is also going to be a matchup where you see that offensive line. Uh, can they hold up? Can they be dominant against the likes of Braylon Trice? Can they move uh, Latuli Nasanoa off the point? Can they get to Zion? Tupola Fatui and really throw him off of his rush as well. You know, that's going to be you know some big question marks. Can they also slow down Michael Penix Jr.? Can they put pressure on him? That offensive line really attack the interior more than anything else. I think Bear Alexander is a guy that they could be relying on to have a big day um, if you're the Trojans. On November 11th, Utah travels up to Seattle. Again, we've been talking about the same teams over and over, but this is a really an exciting team. One of the best passing attacks against one of the better uh, past defenses from last year. Uh, same same day, I mean, shoot, this is going to be a fun day. November 11th, USC travels to Outson Stadium, um, and this is a, a, a tough test for USC. You know, they haven't won at Outson since uh, 2011, and, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, having to take on Washington, and then just a week later, you're going to Oregon, and then a week after that, you play UCLA at home. Um, UCLA... Look, they, they, they were bitter a season ago. Dorian Thompson-Robinson throwing that pick late against Corey, Corey Foreman. That defense really struggled to stop them. Foreman came up with the big play for the Trojans to beat UCLA. I think Chip 
Kelly is really looking to try to uh, take on and beat their nemesis, their their rival, crosstown rival for the Bell. Uh, these are two teams that are going to be leaving for the Big Ten. So last matchup in the Pac-12. It's a story tradition that rivalry. It extends to the Big Tw to the Big Ten, but the fact that it's going to be the last in the Pac-12, I think it's going to be meaningful for both programs. Um, Washington travels to Oregon State. Watch out for the Beavers with DJ Uigongalale throwing the football. Um, you know, look, it's going to be in Corvallis. That's a sneaky game. You know, if it's in November, there could be a lot of fog. Watch out for that. You've got the the Civil War between Oregon State and Oregon on November 24th. And obviously also the Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State on November 25th. Rivalry games, throw the records out the window. Uh, Oregon State and Washington State could potentially be challenging Oregon and, or and Washington State. That's going to be a, a toss-up there. Potentially two teams that are going to be duking it out for a, a Pac-12 title berth. And uh, these are two teams, you know, the Oregon State and Washington State, they're the teams that got left high and dry. They could be looking to take things and take their anger and aggression out against Oregon and Washington. The question is going to be, are these bowl, these games going to continue with their move to the Big Ten? Can we still maintain some of these rivalries? That's going to be a huge question mark as we move forward. Uh, you know, Really, the college football landscape is changing like never before. Really, we're not going to see anything like this again. Um, so cherish the Pac-12 while it is still here because you blink and we'll be at the end of the season and it'll all be gone. Conference of Champions. It's really sad. As a uh, lifelong Trojan fan, Trojan alum, you know, I'm going to miss seeing the, the Pac-10 and then the Pac-12. It's just going to be weird uh, not having that, that West Coast Conference, being able to travel up and down the coast. That's really what was fun. A lot of the weekenders and being able to travel pretty easily. Now you're talking about more coast-to-coast -coast travel. You know, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult. So when you talk about week zero, we've already talked about the Trojans quite a bit. USC will get to showcase all of the weapons on offense. They get to show what Alex Grinch has been cooking up on defense. And really, Caleb Williams, his first step in uh, defending that Heisman, can he be the first back-to-back -back Heisman Trophy winner since Archie Griffin? It's hard to do. There's a reason why Archie Griffin was the only one to be able to do that. But uh, USC taking on San Jose State. Uh, when you look at the Spartans, Chevin Cordero is a veteran, comes back, uh, 6'1", 187 pounds, pretty good arm. Um, a, a guy that came over to San Jose State from uh, Hawaii. And, and a guy that... You know, kind of an up and down career, struggles with some accuracy at times, but uh, you know, Brennan is a, a solid coach. He's a guy that I think is going to be um, helping guide the, this offense a little bit. When you look at uh, Chevin Gordero, I thought you know, second team All Mountain West, um, that was really kind of surprising to be honest with you. What he did there at Hawaii, um, struggled at times, but uh, you know, just 59.3 percent completion percentage in his career. Um, but look, 60 percent, over 3,200 yards, 23 touchdowns, and six interceptions. Through 22 there in Hawaii, four years there. So this is a guy that I think has improved um, under Brendan's guidance there with the Spartans. You know, he has a chance to to throw the football around a little bit. He's going to have three solid receivers: Justin Lockhart, 
Charles Ross and the converted quarterback Nick Nash. Um, so I think they'll be able to to throw the football a little bit. And then Kyrie Robinson, look, he's a diminutive running back, but uh, I think he's an explosive guy. He's only 5'7", but he is 180, 89 pounds, um, over 700 yards a season ago with 10 touchdowns. This is a guy who also has 73 receptions in his career. Um, so he'll be someone to keep an eye on, especially against that defense that has struggled to tackle anybody. And then a guy to keep an eye on, too, is that tight end, Dominic Mazzotti, 6'4", 252, a junior. I think he could be a weapon in the passing attack. I think the defense, especially when you lose a guy like Viliami Fihoko uh, to the NFL, that, that definitely hurts. This is a guy who was the Mountain West Player of the Year a season ago on the defensive side of the football. Uh, 19 tackles for loss, 9 sacks a season ago. 47 total uh, tackles for loss, and 23 sacks in his career. Um, he had his running mate, uh, Kane Hall, as well. But uh, when you look at Fahoko, look, he's, he's in Dallas now. Um, I believe he was a, a fourth-round pick. Yeah, number 129 overall. And uh, when you lose... You lose him, you lose a guy in Cade Hall who was another uh, Mountain West Defensive Player of the Year. That definitely stings, definitely hurts. I think the best guy coming back on the defensive side of the football is probably Trey Jenkins, or 5'11", 219-pound strong safety. I think he's very active. A guy that uh, you know, Caleb Williams is going to have to know where he is on the field. You know, um, I think especially if he's throwing some of those deep balls from within the pocket, do a good job with the eye discipline, looking him off because he's a guy that can make plays over the top. Uh, physical, likes to play around the line of scrimmage as well. Seven tackles for loss, two sacks a season ago. And then Chase Williams, 6'1", 198 pounds, senior, free safety. He's going to have his work cut out for him trying to slow down Caleb Williams. This guy actually was a Trojan, played there for four years, transferred to San Jose State in 2022. Um, and a guy that, look, he knows the program really well, really got his first chance to see a ton of action um, in 2022 there. Um, had a couple of interceptions, three pass breakups, so he's the other veteran on the back end of the defense that kind of stands out for me. And then their linebacker, Matthew Tago, is really going to be the guy in the middle, 6'2", 222 pounds. Uh, he and Jordan Cobbs, the junior linebacker um, on the interior, those are going to be the guys that I think you know San Jose State's going to rely upon. But I, I don't think USC is going to have too much of trouble uh, moving the football against the defense. The big question mark really is just going to be, can that defense – slow down anybody um, and the first question is going to be obviously is going to be answered there against Chevin Cordero and company there at San Jose State. Uh, I think getting a couple of these games under their belt for the Trojans is going to go a long way with their confidence. Another game that we're going to have to talk about here in week zero is Notre Dame, the Fighting Irish. That's the other ranked team uh, that's going to be playing uh, week zero and the Irish, they're going to be in Dublin, Ireland. And, and they're going to be taking on the Navy midshipmen. Um, obviously, you have Sam Hartman, 6'1", 210 pounds, the senior. This is a guy that I think the arm strength um, isn't really there. This is this is not a guy that's going to wow you with the arm at all. But, uh, you know, 59.1% completion percentage in his career. Um, but, uh, you know, 110 touchdowns, but 41 interceptions as well. So he's really going to have to clean some of that up. Uh, Gerard Packer, uh, Parker, excuse me, the, the offensive coordinator, he's taking over for Tommy Reeves, who uh, moved on to Alabama. They've got Audric uh, Estime, the running back, big physical dude, 5'11", 227 pounds, uh, over 900 yards and 11 touchdowns a season ago. Chris Tyree, 
converted running back, diminutive guy, just 5'9". He, he'll be one of the top receivers there for them. Obviously, Joe Alt is a uh, potential top 10 talent there at left tackle, 6'8", 315 pounds. Blake Fisher on the opposite side. Want to see what he could do there, 6'6", six, uh, six, six, 310 pounds. Those are going to be your focal points on the on the offensive line. I think Riley Mills, the 6'5", 298-pound defensive tackle, is going to be one of the, the guys that uh, Notre Dame is going to be looking at. You talk about Bruce Feldman and the freaks list, you have to go there as well. Uh, six tackles for loss, three and a half sacks, uh, put on 14 additional pounds. He's actually 306 now. Um, bench press, 450 pounds, did 225 for 30 reps, squatted 635, and then also hit 26.64 miles per hour on the GPS. Uh, vertical leap is 33 inches, did 31 pull-ups, just an absolute physical freak. But can he get pressure on the quarterback with consistency? That's going to be a huge question mark. They return uh, you know, veteran linebackers, JT Bertrand and uh, Jack Kaiser. I think Jack Kaiser has probably got the most uh, potential there. 6'1", 223 pounds. Uh, I think Benjamin Morris is the guy we're going to be talking about next year's draft. 6'185 six, uh, six pound uh, corner. Uh, the guy he'll be teaming up with is Cam Hart, 6'2", 202. Uh, Cam Hart, to me, I think is a guy that he has tremendous length. When he stays healthy, he's a guy that I think can be a playmaker. Just need to keep him on the field and uh, keep his head in there. Uh, 13 pass breakups in his career, a couple of interceptions as well. He's the guy that I think may end up having to move to, to safety at the next level. Uh, but Notre Dame, they get to take on the midshipmen, as I mentioned, and uh, Navy. They actually have a couple of guys that I'm really interested in watching, and uh, one of those is going to be their their fullback, Daba Fofana. Now, Daba is 5'8", 205, but this is a guy that, that is a physical runner, and uh, you know I think there's a, there's a little bit of potential there. You know, in, in 2022, um, you know 769 yards on the ground and six touchdowns. Uh, only a junior, but you, know, you love the physicality with which he runs. And then defensively, you've got Jacob Busick, the 6'4", 256-pound defensive end. Had six sacks a season ago. He's the guy that's really going to be trying to wreak havoc against Sam Hartman. Would love to see him going up against Joe Alt. You, know, you want to make a name for yourself, see what you can do there against a guy like Joe Alt. Uh, but I think this is really going to be a week zero where we're going to be watching a lot of the uh, Conference USA. That's really where we're going to see a lot of that. And, uh, you know, Conference USA and uh, the, the American Athletic Conference, but it's really going to be Conference USA dominated um, for week zero. And I think that's really a good thing for a lot of these programs, being able to showcase what they can do on this stage. And, uh, you know, I think one of the games that I'll be looking at is UTEP. Uh, UTEP is going to be taking on uh, Jacksonville State. That's going to be in Jacksonville, Alabama. But when I look at UTEP, um, I, I think you know Deion Hankins is a junior running back, six foot two twenty nine, has good size, good power on the offensive line. The right guard Elijah Klein, six four, three hundred nineteen pounds. He's a guy that has a chance to develop into um, you know, potentially a guy that that could uh, make a transition to the NFL. But then you look at uh, you know. Praise Amewule, uh, he's 6'3", 250 pounds. He's probably one of the better edge rushers in the group of five. And that's why I you know, I'm want to tune in. I want to see what he can do um, and see if he can build upon uh, his 20 
2022 performance there with the Miners. And uh, a guy that, look, he knows how to get after the quarterback. 16 sacks in his career, 30 tackles for loss. Um, a guy that I think just needs to continue to try to put some of that, all that together. But, you know, you love his ability to use his length to his advantage. 19 pass breakups, four fumble recoveries, three, uh, four forced fumbles, three fumble recoveries in his career. So he's a guy that I think is going to be a lot of fun to watch there for the Miners. And then at Jacksonville State, um, I think the running back, Anwar Lewis is a guy to, to make mention of. You know, he's 5'8", 180 pounds, uh, a guy that ran for over 800 yards a season ago. He's a guy that I think is going to be fun to watch. And then uh, you look at a guy like Chris Hardy on defense. The defensive end, 6'2", 260 pounds, 15 and a half tackles for loss, five and a half sacks. Uh, you know, likely going to come back for another year. Could potentially transfer through the transfer portal, but a guy that you know I think teams will really want to keep an eye out for. He's a guy that I'm going to be interested in watching. They also got a transfer in safety, Colby Fuqua from Auburn. So I think he'll be a guy that uh, we'll want to keep an eye on as well for the Jacksonville State Gamecocks. Staying in Conference USA, uh, you've got New Mexico State, the Aggies. This was a team, look, you know, Jerry Kill, 7-6. and six. I don't think anybody really saw that coming. I think Cordell David, the receiver on the outside, 6'3", 195 pounds. He's a guy to watch out for. But Diego Pavia, the quarterback, is, is a guy that if you're looking for an underdog story, this is the guy to, to really keep an eye out for. The bowl game performance in the quick lane bowl. He was the MVP um, upset win and also took out Liberty um, with him at the helm. He's a guy that's going to be the unquestioned leader there throwing the football. 13 touchdowns, six interceptions. Needs to cut down on the mistakes. It is mobile, can, can get outside the pocket. You know, uh, he's, he's a guy that I think is, is going to be fun to watch there for New Mexico State. Um, you know, defensively, I think Keontae Glitton, uh, the six foot, 190 pound safety from Wyoming. He'll be the guy to watch on the back end of the defense there for the Aggies. They're taking on the UMass Minutemen. And I'll tell you, the guy that I'm really excited to watch is going to be Billy Wood. The defensive tackle, 6'1", 310 pounds. The junior, this guy is ultra-athletic and a guy that I think can really make some plays for uh, the Minutemen. A guy that, you know, looks 16 and a half tackles for loss. A guy that looks to make a lot of plays around the line of scrimmage, can be physical at the point of attack. You know, a guy that just needs to stay healthy. That's a big question mark uh, for him. Can we keep him on the field? If they can, he's a guy that I think, you know, especially under Coach Don Brown, can continue to develop and uh, can be a guy that uh, you know the uh, UMass faithful can really get excited about. Um, you know, he's a guy that, again, is going to really be counted upon to get some pressure on Diego Pavia early and often. I think maybe the most competitive game is going to be um, in San Diego, Snapdragon Stadium. You're going to have San Diego State taking on Ohio. And uh, with Ohio first, um, you've got Curtis Rohr, a guy that is super athletic, the 2022 MAC Offensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, tore his ACL late last season. Um, did participate in some drills in the spring. Going to see what happens there. But he's 6'5", 216 pounds, very athletic as a quarterback. You, know, you saw Nathan Rourke, uh, his brother, what he was able to do for Jackson, uh, Jacksonville in the preseason. And Curtis Rourke is, is a guy that I think his brother's the better runner, but Curtis is the better passer. 
69% completion percentage, over 3,200 yards, 25 touchdowns, four interceptions uh, to go along with 245 yards on the ground uh, and four scores. Curtis Rourke is a real deal. He's a guy that um, just want to see how he comes back from the knee injury. In this draft class with all the, with all the quarterbacks, he's a guy that people haven't been talking about. Hopefully he can return from that knee injury and you know, start to make a true impact for the Bobcats guy that's going to be a lot of fun to watch uh sam wigless uh one of the better group of five wide receivers 5'11, 188 pounds the guy that just knows how to get open uh transferred from ohio state didn't really see much action there 877 yards and 11 touchdowns in his first uh full season really seeing the field seeing action he's the guy that i think um you know has a chance to end up making a roster will he get drafted no but I think he's a guy that we'll just see, you know, one of those types that you, know, you don't expect much out of him, but then he ends up making the roster, making your team, and that's something that you're really talking about. And then you've got Jacoby Jones on that roster as well at the receiver spot, 17, uh, 777 yards um, receiving, 17.3 yards per reception and six touchdowns. He's going to be a guy that's going to be a little bit more of that vertical threat. And Sia uh, uh, Bangura is a six foot, 200 pound sophomore. Uh, freshman uh, of the year there in Mac in the Mac play with over a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns also caught 27 passes so if he can get going in the ground game then I think that's also going to set things up well for Curtis Rourke and that passing attack uh, so I, I think Ohio um, you know they return uh, five starters on the defensive side of the football so I think you know there, there is something for San, uh, San Diego State to try to take advantage of Jalen Maiden, the quarterback, 6'3", 220 pounds. Uh, you know, a guy that I think struggles at times to uh, to be consistent. Um, did throw for over 2,000 yards a season ago. Did have 10 interceptions. Um, so it has to cut down on the mistakes. That's going to be huge. Um, you know, you've got Brady Hoke there as the head coach. Um, what can What's going to happen there? They, they, they've lost some guys at the skill position. So seeing some of that talent but mark redmond the tight end he's 6'6 250 pounds big number 81 he's a guy to watch out for i think he's a guy that we could see uh making plays for them on the defensive side of the football um i think garrett fountain is uh the, the defensive end he'll be a guy that i think really is going to be asked to be that pass rusher that jonah Tavai was for them a season ago um with garrett fountain again 6'4 250 pounds um 12 tackles for loss six sacks in uh, the last two seasons for the Aztecs. He's a guy that really needs to elevate his game this year uh, up front. They get uh, also get Sanuela uh, Tuihalamaka, the 6'1", 305-pound defensive tackle from Oklahoma State, uh, a guy that can be physical and, and stout at the point of attack. Maybe the biggest pickup is Cody Moon, um, New Mexico stud, 6'3", 200 pounds. Really, what position is this guy going to play? That's the biggest question mark, right? Um linebacker but he's, he's really undersized uh, at that linebacker position but for, for uh the lobos 105 tackles nine and a half for loss four and a half sacks four pass breakups as well um, i think he could be a, a special linebacker for them um, one other name to make mention of will be cooper mcdonald uh the linebacker 6'3, 245 started his career at washington uh, you know last year with, with the aztecs had 41 tackles for the team he'll be the other guy that i think um, on that linebacking core that they're really going to be looking to uh, 
a guy that I think can make some plays. And then uh, Sidarius Barfield um, in the secondary, 5'11", 195 pounds. He and uh, Devon Celestine should be the playmakers there um, in the, the defense that they love to run there, which is kind of a, a 3-3-5 stack formation. Um, so it'll be, be fun to watch. I think Ohio with that offense, don't be surprised if, if we get some action early on and Ohio upsets Brady Hoke, San Diego State and company. I think it could absolutely happen. Um, then you look at Vanderbilt. We get some SEC action. Vanderbilt, the team that really you know is, is kind of struggling to bring up the rear in that conference, but we get to see what they can do. Um, you know, AJ Swan, the quarterback, 6'3", 220 pounds, but uh, Will Shepard is going to be the guy, one of the better receivers in all of college football. Um, just a guy that has excellent hands. He's a good route runner, good speed as well. 6'3", 195 pounds. And uh, he's going to be the guy that they want to get the ball to early and off. At 776 yards, nine touchdowns a season ago. Second team All-SEC. He's a guy that can be a weapon there on the outside. Watch the route running ability as well. Um, he's a guy, again, that I'm going to be excited to see play. And, um, you know, I'm going to be tuning in, if nothing else, than just to watch him and see what he can do. They return four starters on the offensive line. So I think that's something else that Hawaii's going to have to contend with. The Ricky Wright, you know, he's 6'4", 220 pounds at safety. Uh, three interceptions, seven pass breakups a season ago to go along with 55 tackles. A guy that likes to play around the line of scrimmage but has the ball skills as well. I think he could have a breakout year at that strong safety position for the Commodores. And look, they're going up against Hawaii. This is a team that really has a lot to play for. Um, you know, you see the, the devastation. Um, in, in Maui with the fires and this is a team that's playing for all of the Hawaiian Islands and you know you think that there's there's pressure because they're playing for them but no there's the love uh, you know the, the, the Islander uh, love and you know the, the Aloha you know you're talking about the Ohana there and, and that's going to be a team that really is going to be be sticking together and you know I, I think that's going to be powerful to say the least uh, offensively um, you know, Braden Shager is going to be the guy that they're going to rely upon at the quarterback spot, 6'3", 220 pounds. Um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of unproven, um, you know, not only on, on you know at the skill position players, but offensive line. They only return one starter uh, from a season ago. Uh, defensively, I think they're in much better shape. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Logan Taylor. He's the guy that uh, flies around and makes a lot of plays. Uh, 12.8 tackles per game. Um, a little undersized, again, 6'1", 215 pounds, but a guy that you know, you're going to see look to make a ton of plays there. And then Isaiah Tufaga, 6'1", 230. Uh, you know, he ha had a season-ending injury mid-season. He's back, so he'll be a guy that I think a lot of people are going to be focusing on. Uh, you know, they run that 4-2-5 defense there for Hawaii. Um, I just think that the Commodores in SEC play, there's just going to be too much uh, for Hawaii to, to really handle. Um, you know, and so it'll be a good showcase for Vanderbilt to really show people where Clark Lee has that program. And then finally, we go back to Conference USA play and really the game that's going to be kicking off the latest 8 p.m. Central. It's going to be Louisiana Tech and FIU. Uh, in Ruston, Louisiana. When you look at Louisiana Tech, they bring in Hawk, Hank Bachmeyer as their quarterback, a guy that I thought struggled at times at Boise State, not only you know with, with health staying on the on the field, but also 
um, with uh, just consistency overall. You look at a guy like Smoke Harris, he's undersized, you know, 5'6", 189 pounds, but over 2,000 yards receiving, 26 touchdowns in his career. And then you look at the returnability, I think he can be dynamic, very shifty, um, explosive in the open field. He's a guy that I think could end up finding his way onto an NFL roster. Another guy that's going to be interesting, only a sophomore, is Cyrus Allen. Six foot, 177 pounds, 22.7 yards per reception. Really a big play weapon. They also get uh, Baylor transfer uh, Craig Squirrel Williams. And uh, I think that's one of the things that was really a lot of fun was you know watching a guy named Squirrel run around for, for Baylor. And... Uh, you know, he was only 5'8", 173 pounds, but uh, has, what, I think he played four years there at Baylor, 557 yards on the ground and 11, uh, 11 receptions as well. He's going to be sharing the backfield with Marquise Crosby, uh, the sophomore. Uh, so good one-two punch there at the running back position. Those will be guys that I think you'll, you'll definitely want to key in and keep an eye out for. They've got a couple of linebackers. Um, I think Deshaun Hall will probably be playing on the defensive line, but he's really kind of a linebacker at 6'3", 246. Uh, and Hugh Davis, 6'2", 225, junior and senior respectively. I think these are two guys that you're going to see uh, you know, looking to make some plays there at that linebacker position. Hugh Davis, 76 tackles a season ago. And then Miles Hurd. This was a guy that played at Stephen F. Austin, uh, comes in and uh, led led his team in tackles the last two seasons. He'll be someone, man in that safety position, 5'10", 195 pounds, good instincts, uh, and a guy that looks to fly around and make some plays. Uh, Louisiana Tech, um, I, I think they'll have an easy go of it going up against FIU. I mean, obviously, we've already mentioned that, you know, uh, Gaithan Bernadelle, uh, probably the best pro prospect that uh, FIU has. Uh, he's already transferred, and so we won't get to see him perform there. So really, what does FIU have? And, and you know, really the answer is, is this is a team that's going to be struggling to do much um, this season. I think this is a program that's really struggling to find their identity. Mike McIntyre there, 4-8 and eight a season ago. You know, they may go less than that this year. Uh, but I think really when you're looking at this team, Donovan Manuel, 6'1", 230 pounds. He's a guy that at the linebacker spot that I think has a chance to uh, chance to earn a, a spot on a practice squad at the next level. 97 tackles, 8.5 going for loss a season ago. And then they also have Sean Peterson, um, a guy at the linebacker position who knows how to get after the quarterback a little bit. Um, Let's see, eight tackles for loss, six sacks a season ago for that defense. So I think those are the two guys for me defensively that I'm going to be looking for. And really defensively, um, they return a lot of guys. Uh, I think there's eight starters back on that defense. So I think the defense will be better. I think they'll struggle, though, to move the football. Um, they return just two starters on the offensive line. Um, some question marks there in uh, you know, at the skill position as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to, to see if FIU can get anything going. I think ultimately uh, Louisiana Tech, uh, Sonny Cumpy and company, they end up running away with it. So if you're scoring at home, um, I, I think what you'll see is uh, wins by number 13 Notre Dame, UTEP, uh, New Mexico State, Ohio, Vanderbilt, number 6 USC, and Louisiana Tech to close out week 
zero of the college football season. So football season is here. You know, we will do kind of a group of five introduction along with a recap of week zero, what I saw out there on the field. Um, so over the next few days, we'll do both of those things. We'll break down week zero. We'll also take a look at what uh, what the group of five is going to look like. And then what are the matchups going to be for the full slate of games going into opening weekend? We've got the holiday, Labor Day weekend. It really marks the first week of college football. I can't be any more excited. The games really kick off on the 31st, and it, they go through the entire weekend. That's why we love the opening weekend of college football. You're going to see a lot of intriguing matchups, and uh, you know we're just getting started. So stick with us for the entire season. It's going to be a fun ride. And uh, until next time, everyone, for readyforthedraft.com, this has been the Ready for the Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. Enjoy the first weekend of college football. And until next time, I am out of here.